0: The text for our sermon this evening is from the first reading, Genesis 4. God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As you see on the front of our bulletin, our theme for this Advent is to reflect on some of the sons that preceded Christ, that were, if you will, a type of Christ, This Wednesday, we hear about Cain. And we learn that Jesus is the true Son of Adam, whose blood was shed to cover our sin and to make us sons of God. Now, when a child is about to be born into a family, there's much hope, There's, there's a lot of looking forward. Mom and dad, grandparents, aunts and uncles they're all wondering what God is going to have in store for this child. Moms and dads have already purchased little onesies, and among those onesies, I can guarantee you, there's a couple of alma maters in there. Dad praying that he's an Aggie, mom hoping he's a Longhorn, or the aunt or uncle who, to feed their insatiable addiction to all things Dallas Cowboys gets them the infant Dallas Cowboy uniform. They hope clothing convinces the child to be, well, to follow in their footsteps, to be just like mom or just like dad, or even the camouflaged onesie. You can hear dad now, this is my son, the future hunter. Our Advent theme is just that. Advent has to it, it is a season of hope. It is a season of looking forward to Christ's return. And so for us Christians, that means it is hopeful. It is joyful. We are looking forward to Christ's return. And so with this theme, this is my son, we remember what God said about his son, Jesus. This is my beloved son. In him I am well pleased. There was much hope all throughout the history of Israel. Every time a boy was born, they were hopeful. Would this be the Messiah? Would this be the one long promised? Would my son be the Messiah, the Savior for God's people? Was it going to be Cain? Was it going to be Abel? Would it be Solomon, Absalom, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob? Who who would it be? Each son could have potentially been the Messiah. Each birth of a child preached that first gospel. An offspring would come to save God's people from their greatest enemy, death and sin. Each birth was a reminder of that hope that was to come, that God would be faithful. And tonight we hear that God remains faithful despite Adam and Eve's sin. We hear of the the fall in the Garden of Eden and even worse, the murder of Abel. You heard it in our hymns tonight, the blood of Abel crying out. Adam and Eve too had much hope for their sons. Not just what college they would attend, but maybe even being the savior of all mankind. Eve did not become pregnant with Cain until after the fall. After they heard that gospel promise in Genesis chapter three, when God is speaking to the devil and he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring And her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. God, of course, was talking about one offspring because as he's speaking to the devil in front of Adam and Eve, it's a singular person, a singular son that is going to destroy the devil. Here now, at that moment, God gave Adam and Eve a promise of deliverance by one of Eve's offspring. Talk about expectations. We hear the story of Cain tonight. He was the firstborn. You can imagine after how sad everything was after the fall, the hope that they had with this pregnancy. And we hear it in our text today. The Hebrew is a little ambiguous. There's a little ambiguity in the Hebrew for our text tonight. When it comes to Eve's expectations when Cain is born, the English, you heard it tonight, and many times it translates, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. However, translators throughout many generations have had quite a bit of difficulty with this passage. Because it could also be translated, I have gotten a man, the Lord. So many people in reading this, and particularly Luther did also, saw that Eve had that advent hope. That this, her firstborn son, would be the Savior. So she named him Cain. And Cain in Hebrew means fulfilled, or abundant, overflowing. Contrast that to Cain's younger brother, Abel. Abel, he gets no such welcome from his mother and father. Just by his name, Abel in Hebrew means vapor, vanity. It implies something that's worthless or cast aside, something that is here today and gone tomorrow. The names of these two brothers reveal the hopes and expectation that their parents had. But placing their hope in their children, Adam and Eve are only setting themselves up for more disappointment. Cain, of course, was no savior. Now, if you can imagine, if you're treating your child like he is the savior of mankind, even God himself, you can imagine what kind of a child you you would raise, And perhaps that's what led Cain to be selfish, jealous, and angry at his brother. More than likely, however, Cain's selfish pride was probably more a result of the sin that he inherited from his parents, since he was conceived after the fall. Whatever the reason, Hebrews 11 makes it clear that Abel possessed true faith, and Cain... Did not. And this is why their offerings, why Abel's offering was accepted and Cain's was rejected, because Abel gave his offering in faith and Cain gave his offering just out of a sense of duty. That's just what I have to do. Envy and anger then filled Cain's heart and his mind. God warned him and said, This sin is like an animal ready to pounce and devour you. That's what sin does. Sin waits to overtake you. And Cain, even when God warned him, Cain did not repent, but he indulged his sin. And like he was pounced on by his sin and the devil, he returns the favor to his unsuspecting brother. And here we have the one who was expected to be the savior of mankind is the murderer of man. And if you think about it, we're all sons of Adam. We've all inherited that same inclination. What Cain did lurks in the heart of all of us. Jesus makes that clear in Matthew 5 today. If you heard him, he said, you've all heard the fifth commandment. You, You know it says you shall not murder. But I tell you, even if you're angry with your brother, You are liable for the judgment of murder. Turns out we're not dressed in hope. We're not dressed in expectation, but we're covered in sin, both inside and out. Because when it comes to keeping God's commandments, we've all been a disappointment. Our offerings to God, have, like Cain's, have not been made with hearts full of faith and joy, but... More often, begrudging compulsion. We've held anger and envy in our hearts towards others, like Cain did for Abel. We've imagined that we do not have a responsibility to look after our brothers and sisters, those around us, like Cain said Am I my brother's keeper? We don't have uh, the well being of others at the top of our mind, but we're more concerned with ourselves. As children of God, we have all fallen short of expectation. God tells Cain, The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Justice must be done. The blood of Abel cried out for justice for himself, for his own murder. But Hebrews 12, again, goes further following this story. And it tells, and it says that Jesus' blood, when Jesus' blood is poured out, when he is murdered by his brothers, that his blood cries out not for himself, but for the whole world. The author to Hebrews in chapter 12 says, you have come to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant, to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Jesus became our murdered brother so that he might fulfill justice for our sins and save us from everlasting death. Jesus gives himself so that justice would be done, that the innocent one would be given and the guilty would go free. Jesus is the true son of Adam, whose shed blood covers us and makes us acceptable to the Father. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, Adam, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus, our perfect brother, Who did not let one expectation go unfulfilled. Because of our perfect brother Jesus, since he shed his blood for us, fulfilled justice on our behalf, when God looks at us, he is not disappointed. Instead, through your baptism, he looks down upon us with his fatherly approval, with his divine love, and he proudly says to you and me, this is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter with whom I am well pleased. It is because we are dressed and covered in Jesus' righteousness. His perfect, sinless blood shed on the cross covers all your sins. As St. Paul writes in Galatians 3, whoever has been baptized into Christ has been clothed in Christ. We should remind ourselves and our children every day as we have expectations for Christ's return as we see our expectations not being fulfilled, reminding ourselves and our children that there is one who has fulfilled every expectation and in the end will save us and make everything good again. Reminding ourselves and our children that God himself was born a child to give his life for us. And may that peace which surpasses all understanding Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen.